morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Healthier You podcast. On today's show, we've got clinical podiatrist and chair of the Clinical Advisory Committee for the Mike Foot Doctor Group, Adrian Singh, back in the studio to discuss some topics surrounding his experience with diabetes and the role podiatrists play in the management of the condition. Thanks for coming in again today, Adrian. Thanks, mate. In the last episode, you gave us some great tips on why it's so important that someone with diabetes sees a podiatrist. In this episode, I think it's probably important to dive into a little bit more about some of the complications that can occur as a result of diabetes. Um, But I guess, as you said, we don't want to make it morbid and scare anyone and really to highlight the importance of seeing the right people. And obviously, the podiatrist plays a really important role in in that um, medical management team. And so what are some of the most common examples uh, that you see as a clinician in terms of diabetic complications? Well, I guess we'll start with some of the more common things. Um, So what we tend to see mostly are people whose circulation um, has reduced a little bit, uh, people who lose their sensation, so Mm -hmm. the nerves aren't telling them they're standing on sharp things. Um, Moving forward, uh, that can also affect um, hair growth, skin can become a bit dry. But I guess those all sort of risk factors come together when someone gets a wound on their foot and that wound can turn a bit nasty and, and someone can essentially lose their foot. But what we class as diabetic foot disease are some of those complications a person might face. So in any given time, there's about 50,000 Australians with diabetic foot disease, which could mean they have bad circulation, could have uh, bad nerves or could have all those things with the wound. So, like I said, it's not the most common thing we see, but, you know, if you're listening to us today, you might have someone in your family who has it or you might be being infected with some form of diabetic foot disease. So the, 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 the mechanics of it all is it's, it is quite simple and, and complex, but mostly if your sugars are high for a prolonged period of time, um, it affects the circulation. Uh, as we sort of discussed a bit earlier on, it, it can affect... Um, the innermost lining of your arteries, which is called endothelial cells. So if you prick your finger and your sugars are high, that means that the, the blood sugar levels can actually cause some inflammation. Uh, lots of sugar in your blood flow can cause inflammation of these things called the endothelial cells. If they get inflamed, they get a bit of collagen on them, and then if you've got a bit of lipids hanging around, um, that will stick to it and that can cause blockages. And so that's the vascular component. And the other component is discussed is that Unfortunately, some cells in the body can't regulate sugar very well. And unfortunately, one of these cells are the nerves in your feet. Mm-hmm. So if your sugars are high too long, um, the, those cells can't get rid of uh, sugar in the cells. Um, they're just designed that way. Um, if the cells have sugar too long, it causes these things called mitochondrial to have a reaction and they die and the cell dies. And that's where we get the nerve issues. So combine those two things together, you've got the circulation not great, um, that can limit your walking and cause issues in itself. The perfect storm of diabetic foot disease, which, you know, leads to probably 12,000 amputations a year, and mm-hmm. that's a bit of an estimate. This is in, in Australia? In Australia. Yeah. Queensland, my research in Queensland, over seven years we had 4,500 amputations related to diabetic foot. Um, so I guess the issue is is when the, when the amputation occurs, it's more so that if you and I, with good sensation, walk down the street, we we'll, we'll have a bit of hard skin under our foot. We'll feel the hard skin getting really annoying and go, oh, I need to get something done. For someone who's suffering from diabetes and, and their protective sensations lost, meaning the nerves aren't working and the sugar's affected the nerves and they've got this numbness in their feet, you'll be walking on this bit of hard skin and not realise 
it's causing any troubles. Now, if you guys, you know, if not if you're driving a car, but if you're sitting there listening to us, if you stick your finger in your palm, you'll see that the blood disappears. So hard skin does the same thing. It strangles a good blood flow underneath mm-hmm. the, where the hard skin is and it can cause breakdown. Now, hard skin is natural or normal. Body puts hard skin. It's a byproduct of the skin, the six layers of skin we have. And the body puts it in areas of high pressure, thinking it's doing a good job. And like largely, the callus? Yes, yeah, callus. And yeah. largely it is doing a good job. But the issue is if you can't feel the heart skin, you walk on it and you've got bad circulation and you, you can't feel that the breakdown's occurring, what happens is you see the podiatrist for a check and you cut the hard skin back and underneath the skin there's a whopping hole. Tell you a funny story. I first, after four years of uni, second down the job, I did this to a person and cut the hard skin and gave it a little gentle push. I turned my head to the computer <laughs> and I had probably enough pus flying out at me that covered the side of my face. <laughs> and so this person was ill aware. I was ill aware <laughs> until then. Um, a few little, few little words, went and changed my shirt and got on with it. But I guess jokes aside, that the, the issue is, is that if there's a hole in your foot, um, and it may not even be hard skin. It could be a piece of glass in there. Mm-hmm. I've seen um, someone left a, a bee bottle in their shoe uh, that caused a bit of a cut. Um, so if your circulation... And they weren't aware of it. No, well, no. Yeah. If the circulation's not great, then it takes a while to heal. And if you're walking on your foot, uh, it's going to take long, longer to heal. So we've got that perfect storm of the, uh, a bit of hard skin or something foreign in your foot that's broken down. The person can't feel it. Um, the skin's not healing well because the circulation's not great. If your circulation's not great, antibiotics aren't going to get there very well. So if the wound doesn't get better uh, in time, that's where the infection can set in. And if infection set in and particularly hit the bone, um, that's where doctors will be very – and I worked in a hospital, a big hospital. We did a lot of this stuff. They were on IV drips and we're trying to save the leg. Right. But if you take five steps back, um, sugar control is, is, is the key. But I think that's the perfect storm in a nutshell in terms of what uh, we see when it, when it gets goes a bit pear-shaped. And yep. largely speaking, we work with high-risk foot teams or we work as pyropodiatrists, so we get a lot of these things turned around. Um, if the wound doesn't get better with a certain period of time, we send it to a multi-D high-risk foot clinic, which I've worked at before, where we have a lot of specialists trying to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. But yet, essentially, um, diabetic foot disease encompasses bad circulation, uh, numbness, uh, infections, wounds, and amputations. Okay. Yep. And all of those those things that you've just mentioned um, can be tested by the podiatrist? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what we're doing is we're, we're looking at your risk when you come in. And so if we identify lack of circulation, we do Dopplers, we just feel your pulses in your feet, ask you a few questions. Um, if we identify some issues, I mean, we risk score you saying, well, you need to come and see us every three months. Mm-hmm. If, if if you're intermediate, so if, if you've got a foot deformity like curly toes, hard, uh, hard skin, a flat foot, and you've got one of uh, issues with your circulation or feeling, you're an intermediate risk. So you're seeing us every three to six months. If you've got all three of those things, you're high risk, or if you had a wound before, you will call you high risk, so you're seeing us every six weeks. Mm-hmm. If you're low risk and got none of those things going on, then you're seeing us every 12 months. But right. all those people have education and, and the doctors will be aware of what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I guess what are some of the, the less common complications that you, you see in clinical practice? Yeah, look, I think less but scary um, I had a gentleman who had a little wound on his foot. He went to America, came back. I um, hope no one's eating any food. But um, 
the I could he came back and and there was a hole all the way I could see his bone under his foot. So he's probably about six to seven mils deep and unaware of it. No, can't feel a thing. Wow. Um, and so those things are not great, but not common uh, in prior practice. Well, it would be if you're seeing high risk foot wounds all day in a hospital setting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also see people who have that level of lack of uh, feeling in their feet, mm-hmm. but also the blood that pumps to their feet. Um, so when we kick. If you slam your foot in a car door, you get inflamed and swollen. Mm-hmm. But the swelling will stop and the blood will stop coming because the inflammation response has stopped. For some people with really bad neuro, neuro, neuropathy, we call it, so lack of nerve control, that inflammation will keep going because the, the, the level of nerve control to the blood flow is reduced. So the blood will keep gushing in there and cause a hot swollen foot and will actually weaken the foot and the foot can be in upside-down shape. Like weak, weak in the, is it the skin? Or, or weak in the bones, the essentially. Bo- oh, right, okay. Yeah, so it's called a Charcot foot, so yeah. a numb joint. And it, not common, but it does happen. And yeah. so if you have a foot which is not the right shape, you're high risk of losing, having wounds and things. So not common, mm. but something, uh, so you're probably not good to ask for podiatrist what's not common, but yeah. it's a scary thing. But if you're working in a heart, like I've been painting, I've used to paint betadine on someone who's got, Gangrene from yeah. the knee down, yeah. and I, I guess those things occur. But there's a big jump from being diagnosed with diabetes or you know having a relatively healthy lower limb to getting those things. Yeah. A lot of things yeah. that have to happen, and a lot of a lot of uh, missed appointments for a doctor or, just, or living under a pillow and yeah. not sort of looking at these things. Yeah, yeah, and and really poor choices, I guess, in yep. your, your lifestyle. Yeah, look, if you have that level of foot deformity, I dare say your kidneys would be in bad shape. Mm. You probably have heart problems. Uh, you probably have eyesight problems. Yeah. So, um, but like I said, we don't judge people. Um, if you are one of those people who are struggling and have foot wounds, we have numerous that come to our clinics. Um, we just try to get you back on track and get you moving again. Mm-hmm. I think our prerogative is to make sure we don't um, get infections or get anything nasty happening. So at my Redcliffe practice, I work at some weeks we have five wounds on the go. Yeah. Some weeks we have none. Yeah. But we um, are full aware of the need to make sure um, that once a wound is healed up, there's a higher chance of it coming back. Yeah. Um, and mo- a lot of the wounds are related to amputation. So I guess if you get to that stage, we'll work very hard and a training will come into play and our experiences to make sure we get you back on track. Yeah. And podiatrists are first contact practitioners like GPs, so you don't need a referral to see you guys, do you? No, not, not a GP referral, but um, if you do have time to see a GP, you can access those Medicare visits, so yes. team care arrangements. A yep. doctor can do a chronic disease plan. Uh, and they can refer you through Medicare. But if you can come privately as well, yeah. um, so you don't need a referral. But most of our guys with who are suffering from diabetes do come through the Medicare program. Right. Uh, a lot of our clinics do bulk bill those um, and we do the screening. And um, I think the advocacy we're doing at a broader level is that people who have a high-risk foot to so have some of those numbness or wounds should get more Medicare visits to yep. the podiatrist. Um, so I know it's high-level advocacy work getting done by the government uh, by our our guys to sort of make sure we can get that on the radar. Yeah. yeah. And if a patient were to, to come and see you, um, given your training, you'd be seeing, be able to pick up on the, the more common complications, but then in the back of your mind, you're also aware of those less common ones that yeah. might need early referral yeah. or, or something like that. Yeah. So you're picking it up yeah. quickly. And the biggest problem is, and not to down other professions, is that a wound has a lot of factors. When I do a lot of lecturing and have done a lot of lecturing in the past to other health practitioners, 
I think I, I did one the biggest one. I did about eight hundred uh, pharmacists in one group. I thought I was talking oh, fifty, yeah. and I rocked up to five, five, eight hundred <laughs> in a main auditorium at a conference, and it was just talking about the reasons why all these wounds are untreated because they sit in general practice with the wrong wound dressings. No mm. one's looked at the circulation or looked at the walking. If you're walking on a wound with bad circulation and no feeling and an infection, all those things have to be addressed. Yeah. Now, we pull all those things together and address all those issues. And if we, if we need more specialist input, we send them to the high-risk foot clinic. So the issue is if you have a family or friend with a wound that's not moving uh, or if you are suffering from a wound or worried about a wound, just make sure the podiatrist is placed well to look at all the factors. Mm-hmm. Some GPs feel like they can control it, which is the most great GPs out there. For my experience... If you haven't had all those things explored and looked at and your wound's still going, we need to explore all the avenues to what's causing the wound. Is there a reason why it's not getting better? Yeah. And we need to find that solution. That's what we're trained to do. Okay. And ideally for, for you, Adrian, with one of your patients who does have diabetes, who'd be involved in that team for looking after that patient? Yeah, so with that team care arrangement, in the private world, if you haven't got a high-risk foot or haven't got a wound, it's it's the GP, the optometrist, the dietitian. Uh, um, a diabetes nurse educator yep. and ourselves. Okay. If the foot gets to a stage where it's, it needs um, high-level care because it's an infection or a wound that's not healing, um, generally speaking, we go to a high-risk foot setting, mm-hmm. which I've, I've been lucky enough to work in in the past. So in that area, we'll have a specialist orthopedic surgeon who will look at if any bones are involved. You have a vascular surgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, you have an infectious disease person. You have a high-risk foot podiatrist um, who will be there as well, something I've done in the past, um, and you also have a wound care nurse as well. Okay. So those guys are generally really, we're really switched on and look at all avenues to how we can get it better. Some of the issues you have um, is that sometimes people may not listen to what we have to say, but a lot of people have other health issues as well. Yep. You might have someone you know and have lost a leg because they might have a bad heart and they can't have surgery done. So it can get to that stage and that's where some of these deaths are attributed to someone else from from amputations, but 1,000 deaths a year Mm -hmm. from diabetic foot uh, amputation-related issues or from infections. But I think there's other other issues we call comorbidities, other things going on as well. But not to paint a bleak picture, I think we take five steps back. We have really small wounds that get healed up quite quick, but then that person's seeing us every six weeks because it's simple as a bit of callus that is bleeding underneath that could be a sign of a wound uh, that we need to address. Yep. So appropriate um, monitoring and management. And I guess that would lead into, um, for you guys, like how important is footwear in someone with diabetes? Overall, as a podiatrist, uh, and I I tend to lecture a lot of our new grads and work with our new grads, without shoes, we can't be a podiatrist. And people kind of give us grief about grandpa's shoes and grandma's shoes. Well, some of them are grandparents, but they're still, still bucket us. But I think the thing is, is that, we can't provide any general support. Um, if you're walking on a wound, um, so if just go back to the wound side, if you've got a wound on your foot and you're walking on it, the best guidelines is a total contact cast, which is a cast essentially on your foot. Mm-hmm. Secondly, we put one of those air cast walkers, which is those athletes who break a bone in the foot, so one of those big grey things, we put one of them under your foot. But then once we heal the wound, we need to make sure the wound doesn't come back and that's where footwear comes into it. So if we need to have good shoes that fit your foot properly, one tip is just pull the inliner out of your shoe and stand on the inliner. Your longest toe should be about a th- your thumb width from the end of the inliner mm-hmm. and nothing should be overhanging like the side of your toe is overhanging that, that, that inliner. If the, it is, that means the shoe's not fitting you properly. 
So if the shoe's not robust and doesn't fit you properly, we're going to have issues. A, you're going to have issues walking. B, you're going to have issues um, with a pressure area in your foot that we can't take the pressure off. The foot's quite intricate. Um, you know, there's certain parts of your, your joints in your foot that create most of the pressure. Mm-hmm. Things like tight calf muscles. If you, you, I don't want to go in depth on biomechanics, and I'll probably lose a physiotherapist for that one. Um, <laughs> tight, tight calf muscles has massive impacts on the foot in terms of biomechanics and a lot of things that tend to happen. So, you know, shoes with a little heel raise to it. I'm not talking about your high heel stilettos that we're on a Friday night that I sometimes wear on a Friday night. <laughs> um, we're talking about just a simple sh- jogger which has a five mil heel raise that yep. will take the pressure off the front of your foot. And it sounds weird, but it actually does biomechanically, we call it, takes pressure off. So shoes are, are the most important thing. If you're wandering around in thongs, um, which I see all the time. I, I, I do some clinics at Bush at northwest of uh, Gympie. I do it once a fortnight to three-hour drive. And I have had people who've got no feeling in their feet and they've got glass in their feet, um, all these foreign objects in their feet because yeah. they can't feel it. If you had some basic shoes on, A, it protects their feet, mm. but B, it helps them walk and helps balance and stuff like that, which is yeah. probably another discussion. So footwear is the most important thing. Yeah. And I think irrespective of where you are in your diabetic foot spectrum, uh, low risk, high risk, it's always important to get into good habits. Yeah. Because once you have a bad habit wearing thongs all day, you're going to keep wearing thongs irrespective. Yeah. And I think that's where, um, you know, if you sit in the couch doing nothing, by all means, but, but if you're doing lots of walking around in a day, even inside the house, most of the walking happens inside the house, mm. just to get into some better footwear habits. Yeah. Okay. That's good advice. And how regularly should someone with diabetes see their local podiatrist? But I, I know that um, we've touched on this a couple of times and you mentioned low risk and high risk yep. and that's probably how you're going to categorise yeah. how often. Well, I think take the plunge and get to see them in the first place. Yeah, okay. um, Take the plunge. I think the biggest issue is people don't take the plunge. A doctor might write a referral and they never go and see the podiatrist, particularly men, you know, uh, like someone like myself, <laughs> hopeless going to the doctor's. Um, take the plunge and go and see the doctor uh, and then get the referral and, and see the podiatrist. And we're not nerds, you know. We're, we're big sure? feet. No, we're probably <laughs> the jury's out. Um, but the thing is, is um, I think the best thing is, is come and see us and we'll, we'll check your risk factors and, and how often you should be seeing us. Yeah. So it could be annually uh, if nothing's wrong. If you've got a few things going on, it might be every six months. Um, if it's if you had a wound in the past or a risk of a wound, then we'll see you every six to eight weeks. And that will ensure we, in the, in between times, you can come and see us whenever you need to with any concerns, but that's kind of what the best practice is. Yeah. yeah. And it might be that someone starts off high risk and with your intervention and help with the other professionals that they go to low yep. risk and it might be, you know, yep. an annual checkup or something yep. like that. Sim- simple as uh, how we test for feeling is, um, is a fishing line wire, which is 10 grams. Oh, People right. think it's a giant needle when they get scared. Yeah. Um, in fact, we should probably use, just use a six-gram one. That's probably discussed for another day. But 10 grams is probably the threshold where something can cut your foot without realising. Right. So that 10 grams you put on parts of your feet, um, that can assess where they can feel it. And that right. will give us an indication whether your protective sensation, we call it, inverted commas, uh, is is there. Okay. And so that it's not doesn't doesn't you know, cause any pain. We then we do your pulses. We put our fingers on your pulses. We'll get a Doppler machine, see if we've got a boy or a girl in there. Uh, usually just the same Doppler machines they do for babies yep. and check. And that will give us a bit of a, a understanding of what your circulation is doing. If we find with some problems there, we'll ask some other questions um, and then we can get you some other 
test done if you have any circulation issues. And then we check for hard skin, foot deformities and no pain, nothing, you know. Sometimes some guys won't want to get a few nails cut and get the hard skin trimmed up, but it's generally no pain yeah. at all. Someone good like myself is probably no pain. Yeah. I don't know if everyone else, but <laughs> no, but no pain. And it's done in 10 to 15 minutes and you're just educated in terms of – and it takes some stress and anxiety away. Yeah, uh, definitely. Ticking something off because yeah. there's all these – Oh, my uncle had lost his foot or mm. this person. So you just get it checked out. And most times you're pretty good. People are surprised when yeah. something pulses are fine, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. So you just get that anxiety out of your life um, and get it checked. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think that's great advice. And um, for our audience, mate, do you have any final take-home messages uh, that you wanted to provide anyone today? And particularly, like I would find myself as a physio uh that advice about footwear um, might be something important yeah. to touch on, like look, brands or... Yeah, look, I, I think um, lots of shoes out there. And money doesn't necessarily mean good pair of shoes. Okay. The hardest thing is everyone's foot's a different shape and size. And like, oh, I won't mention any brands. There's some brands of shoes that don't go with some people's feet. Mm-hmm. And the best thing to understand is your shape of your foot and the fit. So you don't have to go somewhere expensive and get your size up just if the inliner comes out of shoe stand on the inliner yeah and you make sure it fits your longest digit your toe sorry we're using your thumb it's not too wide and the big thing for me is is make sure there's a heel the back of your shoe is called a heel counter just make sure that's nice and firm and all the science says that that's really important and that's pretty much it i think as long as it fits and doesn't rub i'm um, getting good footwear habits yeah um and i think the moral of the story is why we're harping on it is we just want to keep you moving and active yeah that's that's like I said, 12,000 people losing a leg in a year from diabetes, uh, and that's a little bit inflated, um, that that doesn't outweigh our chronic disease burden and people having heart attacks and things like that because they can't walk and move. So yeah. I think um, it comes back to shoes, come back to listening to health practitioners and not being too scared to come and see us. Yep. Um, we have great jokes, great <laughs> things to say, lots of stories to tell as you have you shared today. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I think... Um, Footwear um, and taking the plunge and seeing someone yep. uh, and not to be anxious about it um, is probably the way to go. Yeah. And I, th- I think podiatrists play a, a certainly a very important role in that medical or allied health sphere um, and take my hat off to you guys for wanting to look at feet all day. So no worries, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'd want to do that. No, I only can do it two days a week. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank you, Adrian, once again for coming on the show today. Uh, I'm sure our audience has taken a great deal out of the discussion as foot care is really, really important for someone with diabetes. So thank you, mate. No, thanks, Dan. Thanks for your time. No worries. And uh, guys, if you like the show, be sure to leave us a rating and a review. 